1: Good morning, peeps, and welcome to OKF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording from the home bunker. Folks, you know, as we wrap up 2022, (laughs) there has just been so many stories and so many headlines as it pertains to white collar crime. You know, and I often say that white collar crime for me is some of the most egregious type of crime because it's crime that generally hurts a large swath of people. You know, think about the housing crisis and all of the foreclosures because of Wall Street greed and This year has really been no different. There have been so many people that have been defrauded, for instance, by the Trump organization, as we see in a verdict that brings down 17 different guilty charges, including fraud against the Trump organization. We saw with Elizabeth Holmes, who was sentenced to, uh, you know, over 10 years in prison because of defrauding her investors and saying that she had some type of miracle for health in the future. And it wasn't that. And so I can think of nobody better to bring in to give us their kind of highs and lows of the 2022 year in fraud and scam and grifters than our friend friend of the show, Jennifer Taub, who is a fantastic, my fantastic friend and a fellow nerd Avenger. Um, and she is also the author of big, dirty money, the shocking injustice and unseen cost of white collar crime. That conversation with my friend, the expert on all things, white collar crime coming up next. Friends, you know, whenever I have the opportunity to bring on one of my friends and fellow nerd avenger, uh, we do the Mary Trump show together. We gab together on TV and she joins woke AF all the time. The author of big, dirty money and other people's houses, as well as the new podcast host of booked up with Jen Tob, Jen, thank you so
0: much for joining woke AF. Always enjoy you. Thank you for inviting me, Danielle. This is uh, exciting. I mean, this is December and, you know, the, the year is still young. <laughs> you know, sort of. disaster can always
1: strike. <laughs> um, but for 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 this um, episode, Jem, you know, you've come on the show a couple of times throughout the year and there has been so much white collar crime. I wish we would just start calling it crime, right? Because these are, as you have said, and as you've laid out, um, in your book, Big Dirty Money. And as we've talked about so many times, white collar crime causes the most harm to people, right? It is, it causes the most mass harm. When we're looking at the housing crisis, we're looking at, you know, economic defaults, we're looking at inflation, we're looking at all of these things. This type of crime causes a lot of damage. And, you know, the number one person who we've talked about and discussed ad nauseum this year has been Donald Trump. Donald Trump has faced, I don't even know, Jen, at this point, how many fucking lawsuits, um, he has faced, but we do know that the last of the bunch, uh, in terms of the, the Trump organization, he was found the organization. I won't say he, the Trump organization was found guilty on 17 different charges, including fraud, right? Which we can get into. Mm-hmm. But what we have known, you know, over the course of this year, is that a lot of people with a lot of money don't do a lot of good with it. So I want you um, to give us some of your, and I know that you're making a list. Um, you're like you're like the Santa <laughs> Claus of of, of white collar crime. Um, give us some of your highlights, some of the things that you were watching during the year that you're just like. I can't believe this happened. I can't believe we're still not talking about this because the news cycle moves on so quickly.
0: I This has been such a bountiful year for white collar crime, and not just Trump. And I want to rewind to that moment when you said you wished it was just called crime. And in some ways, I like having the white in it because it has this sort of essence of white privilege. And that really is what the man who came up with the term white collar crime was getting at. There's no question that he defined the term um, back in 1939 to describe what he said were crimes committed by people of um, high status and respectability in their communities in the course of their occupations. So he was talking about wealthy white men Mm -hmm. and business corporations. He wrote a book about 10 years later which is mostly focused on corporate crime. And because he was a sociologist, he wasn't just looking at crimes that were charged mm-hmm, by the authorities, mm-hmm. because a lot of people you know, kind of get away with it. But he was looking like a sociologist. And his reason for describing things that weren't either criminal activity or people who weren't actually ultimately charged as criminals was because he said, you know, when socio- sociologists study um, organized crime, They'll talk about mobsters and they'll say that the mafia are criminals, even those people who aren't charged. As a sociological phenomenon, they're looking at criminal behavior, even if it's uncharged. So he looked at, he kind of looked at white collar crime to to describe people inside of, in control of, and the organizations, business organizations themselves. And, you know, although he said white collar, I mean, I think the white, you know, I like having it in the word because I think it reminds us. Um, of who gets away with it. Um, yeah, so in terms of it being a bountiful year, uh this fall I taught white collar crime. Mm-hmm. You know, not the how-to, but uh, <laughs> which I'm would be handy, laugh, I I mean, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's not a how-to, but you never know how people are gonna use it. And I, I usually teach it once a year, either in the fall or spring semester. And um I always when I um I update my slides every year, but um, but I also always update the cover slide, and each class has the co- same cover slide. And so depending on what's in the news, you know, I'll have a different person who either has been indicted or I expect that they will be. It's so like Elizabeth Holmes has been the cover poster slide, um, Billy McFarland of um, the, you know, the soggy cheese sandwiches. Um, uh, what was that scam called? Um you know, where people paid a ton of money to be flown oh, to oh, an oh, island. Oh, my God. For, uh, um, uh, fire, fest. fire The Fire Festival. The Fire Festival. You know, I've had many a person as a cover slide. It's a lot of fun for me to start the semester that way. And so I started the semester with Alan Weisselberg mm, as a yep. cover slide. Now, he had already pleaded guilty in August to his charges around the tax evasion associated with those under- the table payments, but I thought it'd be really fun to have him on the cover. Cause I, I said, you know, there's going to be a trial of the Trump corporation for these. Um, so that's always fun, fun for me, um, to, to kind of predict things. Um, and the semester ends, unfortunately class is over, but the semester ends with the indictment of SBF, Mm -hmm. Sam Bankman freed for this, um, the, not just indictment under uh, federal white collar crime charges, but also an SEC civil complaint. And Danielle, next semester I'm teaching securities regulation. So here's the thing about and and so for I'm me, so I mean, before this is this, so in some ways it's bad for the society, and we can walk through the different <laughs> things. But for me, as for te- for teaching purposes, you're like yay, yay.
1: You know, <laughs> yes. The, the, I'm, I'm so glad that you that you brought up. Um, Uh, SBF, because here's a question. I don't follow crypto um, probably in the way that I should. And as I'm like watching this unfold, I'm like, tell me if I'm making the wrong equation. Is he essentially what he pulled was not necessarily so much a scheme that was crypto based. What he did was more so like what Madoff did, right? Like he was kind of running a ponzi scheme of taking investors money right to try and like was it was it to to buy more crypto was it to you know live high on the hog but like it because as as this case is coming down and he will most likely folks this is this is the man that you're hearing about that is in the bahamas and he was arrested in the bahamas and we're waiting on whether or not he will be extradited to the united states um and will most likely be but what they are saying as, as as Congress is very far behind the times in terms of what to do and how they're going to regulate crypto. But this isn't as as it was being stated. And you tell me it wasn't being stated as if he was running a scheme with crypto like so, and and as the government is trying to figure out how do they regulate it, you had one member who just said we should ban crypto outright, which seems crazy to me, and it will probably not happen, um, but should it be regulated like a security, um, like securities or and stocks, or is it going to be regulated like a product, right? And so,
0: you tell me, what what's the interesting thing about SBF? Okay, so... Um, Everything you're saying is so smart and wise um, for a number of reasons. Um, Let me start and say um, that I would not liken him to Madoff. Okay. I would liken him more to John Corzine, this guy who ran this company called MF Global that went broke and there was trouble with that. So what the real thing is, um, and by the way, I'm writing a piece. I just wrote a piece for Washington Monthly that hopefully will go up before the weekend um, that kind of talks about this. Um, But- what he was doing, um, Sam Bankman-Fried mm-hmm. had, five years ago, started a hedge fund. So it out with a hedge fund. So a hedge fund is just a private pool of capital. It's kind of like a mutual fund, something someone might have in their retirement account, but it's an unregulated type of mutual fund. And over the years, and I've mm. written about this, um, it used to be that um, these hedge funds and they don't always have to have the same hedging strategy. There's private pools of capital. They were exempt from a lot of the very important structural protections for investors that are put in place for regular mutual funds. They've always been exempt since the 1940s when this law was passed. But over the years, those exemptions have gotten bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger as hedge funds have gotten more and more power. Mm-hmm. So he starts up this private hedge fund. And um, he's still, I think, the, like the majority owner of this hedge fund five years ago. And then about three years ago, and by the way, the hedge fund invests in all kinds of things, including crypto assets. Okay. Now, and they have their investors. Then, and that was called FT, uh, sorry, that was called Almeda, A-L-M-E-D-A. So he has that. And then just three years ago, so two years after he's running this, he then starts with a friend, a cryptocurrency exchange. FTX. FTX Limited, which is also known as FTX.com. Okay. And that exchange, you might think of that as, um, you know, these aren't, now these are not securities. It's a, a way to trade crypto assets. So if you had one kind of crypto, you could exchange it for another. You could even use it to go from crypto to fiat, like to US dollars or to Got other it. dollars. Um, so you would have this, he started this exchange and he was, um, the majority owner of that, like a ninety percent owner of that, and he ran it. So for a while, he was running both of them. And so, it, to some degree, it's not really a crypto or a um, or a you know Bitcoin or any kind of st- story, but it is a hot commodities kind of story or hot pro- hot investment kind of story. So okay. people, you would not step that started this exchange if it weren't for people needing a place to trade these, because it's very hard to. Um, you can't make, if you want, for my my view is that cryptocurrency should have been regulated as a security and it wasn't, um, but that they're investments, they're not dollars. And people are mm-hmm. hoping that they're trading them so that they will find a, the greater fool to buy it. And if they go up and up and up, then you've made your money and you try to get out before the collapse. And he, he created an exchange where people could, um, could trade these types of security, ty- types of assets, these crypto mm-hmm. and other mm-hmm. assets. Okay. So what happened um, in the spring it it, le- it could have happened earlier but at least we know that there were times when Almeida his hedge fund um was short on it owed money so Almeida the hedge fund has its own investors and mm-hmm, it has lenders mm-hmm. and when it Almeida was doing high-risk trading strategies that required a lot of borrowing buying borrowing a lot of money buying something you know Uh, low and selling it higher, borrowing a lot of money or borrowing assets and trying to capitalize on it going up and so on. And he was borrowing a lot of money for these very high risk volatile securities and, sorry, investments. And when crypto started to come down in price, there was a hole in their balance sheet. And it's one thing if you lose money. But it's a whole other thing if you lose other people's money. money. Right, so right. they they owed money when they were losing money in their hedge fund. When SBF was losing money, in his hedge fund, his lenders were knocking on the door saying, giving my my fucking money, right? Because they want to, and their he didn't money have out. it. So right. they took, according to the allegations, they took money out of customer accounts at his other business at the exchange, including and in, and in customers who were See, promised- so they took so they took
1: money from, from one this- set of from the from the exchange customers from the FTX yes. exchange customers. Yes. to funnel over to the hedge fund investors so that well, they wouldn't pull I wouldn't their call money. them so investors I would say lenders.
0: Okay, lenders. so the so the the hedge fund lenders. Three things to use the money for according to the the uh, indictment. 1 to pay for expenses over at the hedge fund. Mm-hmm. 2 um, to pay for um, pay off some of the debts and mm-hmm. 3 to do other investment strategies. They also were using the money to pay for their lifestyle and so on. I'm still talking about the deal. So that's that's kind of what was going down there. The other thing in this indictment that people aren't talking about as much and then there's money laundering because you're disguising those transactions. One thing that hasn't been discussed that much is the campaign finance fraud allegations. So, so that's that in there to too. me is so interesting. So
1: one of the things folks that has been announced um, that we don't have full details around yet is that Sam was taking a lot of this money and putting it into, um, political packs, like putting it into, you know, what, what is so interesting of members. Right. And Mm -hmm. what I find really fascinating about this is that there had been no plans To even hold any significant hearings or any significant legislation for him to be lobbying on the behalf of, right? And I say lobbying, I'm using that loosely kind of tongue in cheek because he wasn't fucking lobbying. He was paying, he was essentially padding pockets so that later down the road, when they're deciding, when the Senate is going to essentially decide, and then the president would decide... What they're going to do with this thing called cryptocurrency that he will have padded the pockets enough, you know, in the way that we see big pharma, in the way that we see gun folks. And so they would essentially potentially maybe want to side with the the crypto
0: folks. And even though all of that, even though our system allows a flood of money, Mm -mm -mm. even that he's accused of exceeding the limits both for corporate limits to these, um, corporate limits as well as individual limits. Mm-hmm. And he's also accused of hiding the identity of the true donors. Remember, he was testifying before Congress recently, too, about, but he he held himself out as being, we're the good crypto people. Why would they, you put yours like that? More, I mean, there's so much more because I haven't even told you about the SEC complaint, but I'm not going to go through that because that, because I have got to still finish reading it, but that one focuses more on the investors of FTX, right? The Department of Justice is focused on the victims being the customers who had their money stolen, Mm -hmm. right? As well as the um, lenders to Almeida. Because the lender, they also have lenders. So let me go back to the DOJ. The lenders were misled because he told the lenders we're doing fine. Right. So they're also misled of, of the hedge fund. But the SEC focuses on, you know, civil complaint. They're focusing on some other some other things um, about the money that he he raised from investors in the U.S. 1.8 billion to fund his exchange that he created, and how they were misled. So that's the SEC's case. I mean, dude is 30 though. So the bottom line, Danielle, is I will. You know, the sentence. He, you know, it's not over for him. He'll probably get out in his 50s with <laughs> the lady i mean federal prison
1: ain't a light place to be jen you know so well, he ain't gonna be not, the same person
0: coming out that he is going in, even if even if he does have 50 years even a club fed is not club fed yeah. is not the best i mean look i don't i think that probably 20 years is probably or 25 what he might get at most and he might not even serve the whole thing I'm just looking at the numbers because the reason why I was trying to figure this out is it's one thing about what the statute says in terms of the maximum penalty under this particular fraud and money laundering and so on. And then it's another thing what the sentencing guidelines say, which is based on past behavior, how many victims there were, the amount involved. And the third thing, though, is is you have to have sentences that are in line with others. And I was just looking at the... um, Federal prosecutors put in a forty-six-page sentencing memo in connection with Elizabeth Holmes, and so the yes. data they would be using. I was just looking at that to see, well, what are they holding out as the high sentences and, and the rest of it. I, I, I just can't see him. You know, I just can't see him getting um, more than thirty. You know, I think the, the the spot that he might get is twenty or twenty-five. It just depends so, on how so, much he cooperates. And so so let me ask you this, because,
1: you I, I, you know, again, we're talking about again, if these are know, true, the, the year true. in review of these high profile white collar crimes. You brought up Elizabeth Holmes. Elizabeth Holmes, um, you know, she was the whiz kid, right? She had some of the best PR campaign campaigns that I think that I have ever seen and said, you know, we're going to solve all of your health ailments with one drop of blood, Right. Um, and this is all I need. And Elizabeth Holmes, essentially, she gets similarly defrauds, right? A bunch of people um, for hundreds of millions of
0: dollars. Her, yeah, her the def- government says up seven hundred million, and that's and and when and that's only yeah. The, the focus is out there on the investors, yes. And that one, you know they say like, I thought
1: it was interesting, Jen. I thought that her defense was interesting because her defense was like, don't I get to fail up like everybody else does? Like we haven't figured, we, we haven't figured it out yet. And you're investing as a way of figuring out the future of health. Right. And so I thought that that was really interesting because you know, that Silicon Valley types are known for their failing upwards, right? They get a bunch of investors, they get a bunch of venture capital, one business goes up in flames, and then they're just like, oh, but look at me, I have resources to go ahead and start up another thing. Why wasn't her defense considered, why wasn't her defense considered in the same way as a lot of white men that have been able to consistently fail up and say, well, We're figuring it
0: out. Was it because she said, I figured it out? I mean, there's so many. So the question about that kind of perceived or actual bias in the system, you know, can be anywhere along the narrative. Like, who does, does she get charged? You know, does she, you know, is this something that a jury is it, you know, looks at, is it something the judge looks at? And I just don't, you know, her sentence wasn't at the end of the day, her sentence was not that long. 11 12 years. Oh, 11 yeah. years, 11, 12. Years. Yeah. One I mean, of was, 11 or yes. 12 years. Well, I think years it's is 11 what? years. Yeah. Is they wanted 15. Right. They wanted 15. um And, you know, it's interesting because you're talking, people want these kind of dreamers. And investors, equity investors in particular, not ju- not um, retail investors, but you, if equity investors who have a lot of money expect to lose. If they lose their shirts, if they lose their full investment, you know. But one of the things goes through the roof. That's what they're kind of looking for. And so to think of them as the victims. I mean, the reason why though is she uh, was misleading them. I mean, if you if you've read the book, um, Bad listen, Bad blood, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I, you know, what you're talking about is so interesting because it's that line between aspirational and outright fraud. And even if someone themselves, you know, believes, subjectively believes, well, I'm going to get this done. There were things that she did that, that showed um, that it was fraud. So and this and she is wasn't, and, you know, but, but I'm, you know, I look at her and I think, what about all of her enablers? There are so many people who s- stood by her, believed in her, um, and crushed others who are trying to get the truth out earlier. And that's and what this, bothers me, too. Same thing with SBF. You know, there are this all This is the these same people. thing, though, yeah.
1: in terms of, you know, the, the line that you're saying, right? Aspirational. Because this is what fueled the, the, the Netflix hit, Inventing Anna, about Anna oh. Delvey at the uh-huh. the quote unquote Russian heiress who is trying to get who gets all of these investors to believe in you know in this dream, this social club, this idea blah blah and they fall for it, right mm-hmm. and she's just like, but this was my idea like this was a real this was a real concept like why can't why wasn't I allowed to dream? and I'm just like, because you lied right like right. you lied in order to get
0: people's yes. money and that's how the law that's how the law is written you know that's how how it works whether we're looking at wire fraud or securities fraud the law the law looks at if you if you try to get someone to give you money or property based on some kind of scheme or a material misstatements or misrepresentations or um, false pretenses they're, they're, you know that's that's what fraud is.
1: With the couple of minutes that we have left Jen, look into your crystal ball for me. Look 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 into the magic 8 ball and tell me. <laughs> we did not think at the end of 22 that we would have had and we've only gone through about 4 of them and I know that there are more. Um high profile white collar criminals, right, who have all been brought down or facing jail time or sentencing or, um, you know, court dates and all of these things. But the number one, obviously in my mind, the number one person that I want to go down who not only abused investors and abused customers, whether they be for Trump university or for Trump organization, um, both have now been labeled by the law as, you know, essential grifters, right? Like they've been grifting off of people and defrauding people. What does 2023 look like in terms of finally getting Donald Trump? Because with the Allen Weisselberg case, essentially what Allen Weisselberg's lawyers said is like, we're going to cop to this, plead guilty, because I am guilty but this was just me that did it right like I didn't I wasn't enabled by Trump or the Trump family this was just me and that was probably you know the 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 deal all along if you go down you'll get a slap on the wrist we'll get you on the back end where do you see Donald Trump going in
0: 2023 I see Donald Trump being indicted early in 2023. Early in?
1: Like early. the first quarter? I mean,
0: I mean, I hope it's, I see it as the first quarter, but I could be wrong. Okay. okay. And um, I think Jack Smith is going to go first in terms you of do. making that. Yeah. I And the reason why I used to think, you know, is it going to be Fonnie Willis out yes. of Georgia? You know, as you might have just seen, Jack Smith is subpoenaing Uh, Brad Raffensperger. Uh uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So what's that about? Yeah, that's about the... to the insurrection and the false electors. Um, Yeah, I think Jack Smith is going to go first with the Mar-a-Lago documents case. I think that's almost ready to go. I don't know whether he's going to just throw the insurrection in there too, uh, you know, or if you want to bring that as a separate case. Um, Maybe... What I would do is indict one, see which judge you get. And if it's a judge you like, <laughs> amend down. it. Amend it. or do it separately. you do that? Well, you're allowed to do a superseding indictment. And then, you know, oh. I, I don't think, well, that's what I would do. Um, I think that happens. I also think, um, I also think that it's possible that separately, well, it's possible the Southern District of New York takes that referral from Tiss James. About the civil case that she mm-hmm. brought involving mm-hmm. the, the valuation. What I don't know is whether my understanding is that Jack Smith, who's this new special counsel, mm-hmm. is only handling the Mar-a-Lago documents case and in the insurrection. But it may be that they're going to throw in those tax cases, too. I don't know. But either way, those are, I think, very strong cases. In fact, uh, I mentioned to you I'm teaching white collar crime. What I didn't tell you is the students are right now at five o'clock. Their final exam is due, and what they have to do is is uh, talk about the pros and cons of indicting D- Donald Trump and one of his business organizations on the for the two statutes James referred to the SDNY, which one is bank fraud and one is making a false statement to mm-hmm. a financial institution. So they're they're working on that now. Um, and I think, you know, that looks promising. And I also, you mentioned the Manhattan DA, although mm-hmm. they had this, because they had this victory, they should be very proud of that. And they've hired a, a new person. Jack Smith isn't the only new sheriff in town. We've got Matthew Colangelo, who comes over right. from Tish James's office with yep. all the knowledge to maybe indict Donald Trump there. So to me, it's, it's not a question of oh. as much of when it's a question of who, and it would be, it, it mm. seems like it should come from the feds first, but maybe they all do it at once. Kind of like the DOJ and the SEC came after SBF all at once. Maybe that's going to be the, the show of force. Oh, Jen. Well, I can't wait for that day. What did I say
1: on uh Mary Trump show? I said that <laughs> the day that it happens, I'm sending everybody's
0: champagne so that we can toast on the show, um, I'm going to and- go for a, a run. I'm going to look. Like, I, I, I walk now. I don't run, but I think I could probably run five miles after I <laughs> heard that news. And then um, I'll have the champagne. And then you'll have the <laughs>
1: champagne. Um, Jen, tell folks you have a special engagement that is happening in LA um, with Mary Trump and with my other co-host uh, Wajahat Ali. Tell the people.
0: Yes, uh Waj and I are going to be the uh Nerd Avenger representatives for the Mary Trump uh show. We're doing it live. Uh live streamed, I think, and uh I hope um I know that at least will be a recording I'm in Los Angeles at this place called the Dynasty Typewriter 7:30 p.m. Pacific Time. Super excited. We have a Daniel knows who it is, but we cannot say special we have an guest. incredible special guest. Super cool. Um, and th- that's what we're doing. And this is the first of many taken on the show, taken on the road shows, I think that Mary's going to be doing. Maybe even yeah. New York, Danielle. I you know I hope that you you know we we we're talking about it, um,
1: and uh, folks are really keen on on wanting to see people in person and go to these in person events. So I wish you all the luck you and Waj and Mary and the special guest. I can't wait to hear um, about how it was a rave uh, success, folks. If you are not subscribed yet to Booked Up with Jen Tob, go ahead. You can get her wherever you get all of your podcasts and all of my podcasts. Yeah. I have 1,100. And then if you have not already picked up her book, Big Dirty Money, um, Do So and Other People's Houses, folks. And she is currently writing away on yet another book. So Jen, thank you so much for making the time for us on Woke App. Always appreciate you.
0: Thank you. Have a great new year. You too.
1: That is it for me today, dear friends, on Woke AF. As always, power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop.